I want him to be Marlon's man. Do y'all know who that is? Is this one of the Wayne's brothers? Mm -hmm. Is that a Wayne's brother? Got a flag. Got a flag. It's all those cold winners, man. They just don't know what to do with themselves. I got a punch and fuck everything. Got a flag. Tell him, got a flag. Time to find cheap, outdated jerseys like the one I'm wearing right. on eBay. Got a flag. Tell him, got a flag. Seven a week. One size fits all. What about me? This don't fit on me at all. Still not here, still a ghost. You know, let's let's. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to start over. Episode 164, I believe, of Throw the Flag. Uh, Creel is still not here. Still Hank, a ghost to most, this guy. Mm-hmm. Skeletons ain't got no money, any you know, anywhere to put their money. Nobody makes bridges that small. There we go. Um, 164. There's still no football. Still not. Still no football. But you know, let's do, let's do what we threatened to do last week. We're gonna do it. We're gonna rehash the past in a in a feat of grand nostalgia. We're gonna deep down, get real deep in the old nineties mud. We're gonna squish around in the mud of the nineteen nineties. Oh, is that is that Soundgarden I hear? Oh, there's my old friend. Pearl Jam, you know what? That is so Raven, after all. <laughs> Gonna talk about the last dance. This is the last dance. The last dance. Is Donna Summer this anywhere the on the last dance? Is bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Why did fucking they... Eddie Vedder shows up at the end for some fucking reason? I'm kind of the annoyed that it's not called the last dance. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. Danch Bevero. I'm going to go ahead and get you to start Googling this because I know you're not going to know mm -hmm. who it is right off the bat. I need you. Eddie Vedder, lead Googling. singer of Pearl Jam. Kenny Lattimore. Kenny Lattimore. You might want to do singer Kenny Lattimore. I want you to Google that up. I want you to get an image of Kenny Lattimore in your head. I want you to see him mm -hmm. in your eye bones and know who this is so this next part will resonate with you who definitely has not watched a second of this 10-part documentary that, quite frankly, saved our lives for five straight weeks. That's what it did. Having any luck? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, uh, uh, skinny, skinny African-American gentleman, uh, huge, mm -hmm. dumb, almost uh, New Radicals-esque bucket hat. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I want you to get a track listing up. Get a track listing of just some popular... Kenny Lattimore songs. Just take a gander and read me off some of them titles. Read so I guess off. Keep the Tab quick. Open was not on that uh, uh -uh, list. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Fire them off. Just rapid fire. Just give them to me. Kenny Lattimore. <laughs> same uh, thing with the rest of you, because I know a lot of this group, people that listen to the show, they don't know who the fuck Kenny Lattimore is. No, Do no, the no. same I, thing. Uh, we got Never Too Busy. Uh, we got Just What It Takes, I Won't Let You Down, For, for You. Uh, so, slow jams. R&B. If I lose easy, my woman, just can't get over listen. you. Easy listen. Mm -hmm. I love you more than you'll ever know. So the f my favorite scene. Ooh, of a cover whole, of Well, My Guitar Gently Weeps. There you go. Favorite scene of the whole 10 hours of the Jordan documentary. Michael Jordan carrying a big ass disc man. <laughs> big foam, like the foam headphones. Just 90s to the hilt. Yeah, Jordan is getting on the bus and he is fucking rocking, bobbing that head <clears throat> like he's in it. And the whole documentary up to this point has been just hitting us with classic '90s hip hop. And Jordan sits down on the bus. He turns around and he pops that earphone off in the documentary and asks him, "Hey, Mike, what are you listen to?" And Mike says, 
new Kenny Lattimore ain't even come out yet. <laughs> I'm sorry and to that, step on that. What was the final line? I'm sorry to step on that. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> and that put Jordan into complete context for me. I finally understood my because I, I was the whole documentary. I was just fighting like, here is Michael Jordan, who has been presented as you know, not presented as who is a fucking icon, a pop culture, yeah, sports, uh, just an icon. His old shoes outsell everyone's current shoes. Just, I'm not gonna break new ground on the on the impact Michael Jordan yeah. had on popular culture in the world of all time. And I could not rationalize, you know, here's this great looking, like, you know, women just go crazy for him. Um, tall, the the best at his craft, one of the best athletes ever. Like, what is this dude like? And then in this whole documentary, he is wearing the worst outfits that have ever existed. And not just and for know, the, the early to mid 90s. Exactly. That was my point. I know we we wore different cuts of suits, different styles in the 90s. I understand that, but not to this degree. I'm like, what is Mike listening to? What gets Michael Jordan pumped up to go score 55 Madison Square Garden? What gets him fired up? Kenny fucking Lattimore. There's a term that I have to describe Michael Jackson, I, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, that <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> Pedophile, Applehead. There's a term that I have to describe Michael Jordan that I can't say on this podcast. But uh, for your knowledge, Sean Majors, it ends in check. <laughs> a, a fuck neighbor? Mm-hmm. Fuck neighbor. That's like what he is. He's a dude that isn't cool at all. Just yeah. not cool in the least. Not cool, um, but I did love it. I love the whole fucking thing. Just so I, it, it is very interesting because so I I was the, I mean NBA the uh, the basketball professional basketball was my favorite sport uh, for I would honestly it, it was I, I loved it even more than college football um, for probably about five or six years which is you know at mm-hmm. the time was a th- uh, more than a third of my fucking life um, I I remember <clears throat> watching the 91, 92, Bulls versus Blazers. What was the first one? It was. First one was the Lakers. Lakers, Blazers, Suns. Okay. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Like the, the Bulls, like the Bulls, the Jordan, or the first half of the three, uh, the first half of the six championships, the first three peat. Jordan had to get through the Pistons, who were the team of that era. Yeah, I was going to ask because for some reason the the Pistons were in the, were in my mind, but they're an East team, so I was like, why? he had to get through the yeah. conference finals yeah. to get yeah. through the Pistons, who were the dominant Eastern team, and then he went and beat the Lakers, um, who were the the old guard. At that yeah. the Lakers had dethroned the Celtics. The Pistons had battled back and forth with the Lakers, getting the best of them. And then the Lakers are back, and then here comes the Jordan Bulls to dethrone them finally. And he steps into the – he is the pantheon now. He is the dude. The Bulls are the team. So kills them. Poor Clyde Drexler. Poor poor Clyde Drexler. Worst luck in history. Worst luck in history. Oh, my God. Has his peak, peak of his career, the the ascent of his career happens coincidentally with Magic's peak. And then as Magic recedes a little bit, Clyde's peak coincides with the Pistons' peak. And after the Pistons are dethroned, they're dethroned by Michael fucking Jordan. <laughs> and so poor Clyde can't beat him. <laughs> was it? Was he on the uh, – I'm pretty sure he was – wasn't he also on the Houston team that Jimmy V beat? He certainly was. <laughs> Slamma Jamma. He was definitely by, by Slamma Jamma. Slamma fucking Jamma. Him and Olajuwon. <laughs> <laughs> and then they reunite after Olajuwon gets his titles in the NBA. Yeah. They reunite. Yeah, because he went to the Rockets year. after. Uh-huh. Third yeah. year of the Houston Dynasty, they reunite God. just in time for them to be just too old and get beat out. So I so 
the the NBA. <clears throat> I remember I started. I'm, I'm I believe with the '92 uh, finals because I think I, I was in New Jersey watching it. It was the summer. Um, and I believe, and I'm not trying to bring up, I'm not trying to trash talk hockey here, but I think that was the same summer. Tread that, lightly, motherfucker. Tread lightly with I, that fucking dump and chase bullshit. <laughs> stupid ass mid-zone trap you played that ruined the fucking game. Tread lightly. I believe that was the same summer that the Devils swept the Red Wings. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, okay. it is. So, I, and I was in Jersey at the time. Um, but, so I remember, I, I remember hit, that. Hit that speed puck. <laughs> I just I remember falling in love with basketball and the Bulls at that point. And when Jordan retired, I was like, eh, you know, like I don't know, maybe I'll try to find a new team. And then like Charlie Ward had just been drafted by the Knicks somehow, and I was like, maybe I'll be a Knicks fan. I'm like, no, no, no not going to fucking happen. Then I tried to stick with the with the Bulls, and I did for the most part. But I I didn't get back into basketball until Jordan came back, and then it was yeah. just fucking crazy i mean you had you had uh, uh jordan of course you had pippen this was like the ku coach when i still remember the morning i woke up and sports center reported that dennis rodman had signed and i'm like this is this is amazing this is like an embarrassment of fucking riches this is the greatest he team was. of my lifetime and then watching that 72 and 10 season um it's just so you would think that like, and I'm getting chills is just kind of like bringing up these memories of watching the Bulls. I would, and I mean, it was by virtue that they were on WGN every single, yeah, every single day, and um, <clears throat> and of course that 72 and 10 season, they you know they were always on. But like, I would watch every single game and like write the write the scores to keep the box score for some fucking reason, just in a notebook. Yeah, you know, young nerd, I get it, young you sports know. nerd. And so I would. Um, so yeah, you would think somebody <laughs> who loved this team and just is in love with the story of Steve Kerr, how you know how he he won four championships in a row. I forget I forget which team he won with after after he left the Bulls after the I think it was the San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio. Um, <laughs> so like you'd think I would be chomping at the bit to watch at least the first couple of these. No, I haven't seen a second of it. That's crazy. I don't know what the fuck you got going on over there. I was bated breath. Couldn't wait. Um, you mentioned the 72-10 and 10 team in the second. I, I loved the first Jordan Chicago Bulls. That was the first yep. basketball team that was mine. Um, I had rooted for the Lakers prior because my father loved the Lakers. And so, you know, Kareem and Magic, and that was great. Um, and I hated the fucking Pistons. Yeah. Um, Pistons were bad boys, baby. They were bad boys. But Isaiah, Dumars. Bulls, yeah, the Jordan fucking Bulls was the first. They might have been the first real professional team that I was really in love with. Like knew all the you knew the bench got Cliff yeah. Livingston and fucking oh, yeah. BJ Armstrong and Craig Hodges and all that shit. We'll get to Craig Hodges in a second. But when Jordan left, I was done with the fucking Bulls because a power had risen in the West. And the green and the gold had Sean Kemp. Hell yeah, And man. my God, I loved them Supersonics. R.I.P. And the fucking 72 and 10 buzzsaw shows up. Yeah. And beats my precious Supersonics because, A, they were great. And George Carl doesn't put Gary Payton on Jordan for the first three games. <laughs> Wait, was that the finals one year? Yes, it was. 96. The Sonics made it all the way to the finals? Wow. Yes, finally, after losing to the stupid-ass Denver Nuggets in 95 when they were the one seed, lost to the fucking eight seed in three games because Dikembe Mutombo and Robert Pack went crazy. I always get that wrong. It's so weird. I always think that it's the Sonics that beat that were the eight seed, <clears throat> that no, were the first eight they seed were, to win. I mean, they won like 67, 68 games that year. Mm. It was crazy. Absolutely! Oh God, I still I remember it like it was. It is one of the worst sports memories I have because my uncle and cousin, who were older than me, just delighted in my misery. Just delighted. <laughs> they drank. I never let them forget it either. I never <laughs> let them forget it. Specifically with the Sonics or in general? That one, the Sonic that that Sonic game. I remembered the Matumbo. They win the fucking thing. They like they act like they won the championship. Matumbo's laying on the ground holding the ball in the air, and I'm just ready to cry. And they are just giving me the blues. 
Uh, she's got the rhythm, and I've got the blues. But that the 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 last dance. Yes, there are plenty of places to be uh, critical of it. It is definitely a story told by Michael Jordan. Like it is. Rumor has it that the reason that it exists, like the footage already had been captured. They had captured the footage prior to, but nothing had ever happened with it. And so they're pitching the idea that we have this footage, Mike, we'd like to do the documentary. Will you sign off? You know, Jordan doesn't sign off on things like that. No, hell no. And just so happens the guy gets a meeting with him and the guy that did the documentary had a hand in doing the Allen Iverson documentary. And so they're they're doing the pitch and they're talking about Was the talk, Allen talk, Iverson talk. documentary like was that the broke documentary? No, it was the thirty for thirty, I would assume. Oh, okay. Um where they, I know they he, talk he, about the fight and, and all oh, that. Oh, okay. Um and so he's pitching, he's pitching, he's pitching. He can't believe he's got the meeting with Jordan. He's pitching, he's pitching, he's pitching. And finally Jordan asks, like, hey, did you do that Allen Iverson documentary? And the guy doesn't know what Jordan's reason for asking that question is. Like, it's Michael Jordan. If he mentions another basketball player, it's probably to be mean to him, which yeah. we find out in this documentary. He's always going to be mean to someone. Um, and so the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I, I did. And so he's kind of hedging his bet a little bit. Like, if Jordan doesn't like it, he's got some excuses as to why it turned out the way it did. Um, when the guy says, yeah, yeah, I did, Jordan's like, oh, great, we'll do it. I love that little dude. <laughs> so, so that's he, that's the that's the Jordan part of the, that's the documentarian's part of the story. Another thing happened that same day though. 9/11. LeBron was having his first parade in Cleveland. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. And so Jordan, always being the marketer, always being the guy with the foresight, understands. Uh oh, there's a new guy on the radar. Yeah, I better get something in the can. To remind these kids. Oh, so this was a while ago. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, they set out to do it. That is that is interesting. I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get into who's better, LeBron or Michael on court on the court, but like. I gotta tell you, I think it's LeBron all the way. If you're if you're taking into account everything, <laughs> Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Jesus, Michael Jackson seems like a real bad guy. Um, Michael Jordan just seems like a fucking asshole, man. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is. But uh, you know, I hate to do Stu Gotts math on you, but if you put all the rings in two boxes and you shake them up, one of them's gonna be heavier. <laughs> um, so can I? Can we just kind of? One thing, I'll, I'll touch on that just for a minute because I never get to weigh in on this fucking argument because it's a dumb argument. As you stated, it's dumb. Yeah. But they are not comparable players. They're not. LeBron LeBron is a comp to Magic. You can argue about who's better, Magic or LeBron. And quite frankly, if in, in my way of thinking, Magic is actually a better all-around player than Jordan because – he was able to distribute better. Could Jordan have been a great distributor if he wanted to? Sure. Would Jordan have been a yeah. great distributor if he had been on a team with James Worthy and with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Perhaps. But as far as scoring the basketball, if that's the metric we're measuring it on, I don't know. Jordan's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, that is very interesting because, like, LeBron, uh, I mean, Johnson, Magic Johnson could, like, dish it out because he had people to dish it to, right? Like, That's true. Jordan's not going to, like, Jordan's not going to call Bill Cartwright fucking Mr. Dependable. No, no, no. And he's, and and also, you know, Magic comes onto a team with Kareem and Worthy and all those guys. The, the first Bulls team Jordan has ever owned, he's the best player on in two weeks. Yeah. As... A rookie. How fucking weird. How fucking weird was that era? And I don't know how, how, uh, I mean, different it was than, than most, than most, uh, uh, other eras. But like, Magic Johnson was a point guard. He was 6'9. But he was an aberration. Jordan, Jordan was a shooting guard. He was 6'6. Yeah. But Magic was not, Magic was not typical. I mean, Magic had a game as a rookie. Where he played all five positions. Yeah, he tipped. He jumped. Kareem was hurt in the finals. Magic does the jump ball. 
Goddamn. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, we get because Jordan's stamp on culture was so giant, and Magic had Bird to fight against, who did get the best of him many times. Who was ahead in the? Who I don't know. I don't know who. I can't remember who won more, but certainly it was a bigger deal when the Lakers beat the Celtics than it was when the Celtics beat the Lakers. Yeah. Magic had a a a, a, a comparison. Jordan did not have a parallel in the league at the time. Nobody yeah. was even in his realm at all. So there's nobody to even. That is part of the reason why the. Older heads are like Jordan had to be the best because I watched him destroy everyone. LeBron does have a bigger field of opposition against him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I rarely am. <laughs> um. So can I just? I, I I think the way this should go. If if and we're already. Pre- of course, we're running at lead at 20 minutes already. Um, but the uh, <clears throat> I can give you 10 hours on this motherfucker. Just, I don't care. Just just a couple things I've heard about this. Um, if you could talk about them, so I don't have to fucking watch this. Um, and this, of course, is coming from the guy who watched the entire like uh, seven and a half hour uh, OJ Simpson 30 for 30 in one day. Yowza! That shit's good. It is. It's good. It's good. It's a great historical document about that time period. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about OJ. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Craig Hodges getting mad that Michael ratted him out about cocaine. Go. So. Um, <laughs> stop. Mike. <laughs> stop. Mike, definitely a snitch. Definitely a tattletale. Um, a, kind gets, of a little bitch boy. Like, did didn't a bit. wasn't wasn't he? Didn't he rat them out? Like, wasn't he like rookie or second season? Rookie. It's like he says the first time I walked in the locker room, he says, uh, "He said they're just doing cocaine," and I'm like, "I don't do I don't do any of that. I just kept to myself." And so the documentarian is like, um, "We heard the term traveling cocaine circus," and Mike doubles over in laughter. Like Come he on, is Mike. really tickled about that being the term for it's it. Not even eight, funny. He's 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 hitting that tequila hard. Like you see the levels of that drink of the glass he's got constantly up and down. Um, and then he's like, yeah, 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 that's accurate. I've never heard that, but that is absolutely an accurate way to describe it. Yeah, total. But like on the one hand, yes, tattletale rookie. On the other hand knew that he was a much better basketball player than they were already and yeah. knew that they were going to hold him down. God. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Scotty Pippen not getting paid. Scotty Pippen not getting paid is a difficult one for me in particular because on the one hand, voted a top 50 basketball player ever. Um, when you put up the statistics beside each other, He's second only to Michael Jordan in the era. Just so happens Jordan's on the same team as him. Um, Signed a – okay, so Pippen grows up in abject poverty. Like the kind of poverty Where's he from? Arkansas. Oh, that's right. I knew that. From absolutely impoverished scenario in which his father – has a stroke on his factory job, winds up in a wheelchair. Brother has an accident, also winds up in a wheelchair, has, you know, several siblings, grows up in a house with two people in wheelchairs. So Scotty um, is a decent basketball player. He's, you know, average height, plays point guard in high school, gets a – uh, doesn't get a scholarship, but is is allowed to be the uh, ball boy at Central Arkansas, the manager, team manager. Gets to go to college, gets to eat with the team, gets actual nourishment in his life for the first time. Yeah. Freshman to sophomore year, he's 6'7". <laughs> Giant growth spurt. Been playing point guard his whole life. Completely revolutionizes the position of forward like LeBron yeah 
that position doesn't exist if not for Scottie Pippen. You don't think so? No, no. He's the, Scottie's the first point forward that ever was. Like, he's a forward bringing the ball up, setting up the offense. Yeah, sure. So, gets drafted and is presented with a long-term contract that pays him, uh, you know, $18 million for, you know, five, seven, eight years, whatever. You know, a small contract based on his in value, but he signs it because he thinks, I got two people in wheelchairs in my home. Yeah. And if I get hurt next year and this money, and I don't get this money, then I'm done. So he signs it with that. He is advised not to sign it because it is a long-term deal that is certainly beneficial to the team. So I cannot fault the team for saying you signed it, this is what you get. I cannot fault them for that, except for the fact they had one of the 50 greatest players in the history of the game on the team, and they didn't pay him. So yeah. it's hard for me to I, – I side with Scotty because I think it's shitty. I think they could have done better. But based on the facts of the case, I understand. There was always a feeling, <clears throat> I remember for me, watching a Bulls game, you know, fucking – and, you know, just – no, no, no stakes. The stakes could not be lower. But it's like you know they they struggle against the Bucks or something like that, and uh, like Jordan dishes it to Pippen, who hits like a game winning three. I that happened one time, and I just remember like reenacting that. Like for my mom, I was so excited. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Scotty was a month. Like Jordan never won a title without him. And I mean, I just, I just remember like doing that just because it was cool that like Pippen had some time in the fucking spotlight. Yeah, somebody else got to shine. And isn't it funny that, like you said, you know, a top fifty player of all time is like, yeah, is the workhorse or whatever, completely overshadowed. But also, I must say, nicknamed No Tippin' Pippen because he is so fucking cheap. Well, apparently Jordan is too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And again, absolutely. I, I, a hundred suggested, suggested Scottie Pippen, uh, extra credit work. Go listen to the Crime and Sports Scottie Pippen episode. Oh, interesting. I was going to say go listen to the Charles Barkley, um, Conan O'Brien. Also, also do that. So it's fucking great, good. too. He, God, I fucking love Charles Barkley. Um, <clears throat> how do they, how do they treat the situation with his father? So uh, Jordan's father getting killed. They handle it in. They handle it fairly, I think. But it's clearly Jordan's story being told, and so they they talk about the man, they talk about the relationship Jordan had with his father, which was beautiful. It was a beautiful father son relationship. Like they were, he was ever present, and was quite frankly appears to be a big reason why Jordan was able to do the things he did because he knew he had a rock in which to stand on. Um, And the thing that they really dove into that gets lost in the shuffle, and I've been as guilty of this as anyone. You've heard me say it before. Did Jordan's gambling debts get his dad killed? Yeah. Um, They they handle that from the Jordan perspective alone in how shitty it must have felt for him to be, have his father murdered for that and then have to have his extracurricular activities Linked to that, so so I thought it was fair. Um, I tell you that the the thing about the documentary that the most difficult part of it is, so when they beat the Sonics, that is the championship after his dad died. Yeah, I remember it vividly because hey, I was upset because my team had lost. But Jordan, you know, runs to go find the basketball. That's the first thing he wants to do. He wants to find the ball because that's the ball in the game that he won. First championship ever won without his dad. Mm-hmm. And the cameras follow him back to the locker room, and he's on the floor crying. Powerful scene. Yeah, I remember well, it. Well, yeah. on the broadcast, you're, you're hearing whatever you're hearing. Well, yeah. on the documentary, it's the isolated sound of a grown man sobbing Shit. and mourning his father in this moment of great joy. He is only focused on, I wish my dad was here. Yeah. And that was a fucking punch to the gut. Um, still, fuck him for beating the Sonics, but mm. I understand. <laughs> so is the general consensus that, like, there were just two people who saw Jordan's dad on the side of the road taking a nap in a really nice car and they murdered it and stole the car? Murdered him? And that stole is, 
that is essentially how they freight how they position it but you know the evidence is still very weird yeah the evidence is still very strange i still don't know why him why then it it's still there really is no resolution to why um they just tell the story from this is a a loss that most of us can't even reconcile because hopefully nobody ever has to go through this that, that yeah. they just couched it with like the relationship is gone and that's what sort of spun Mike out. Um, how do they, uh, I mean, I remember the dream team, uh, 92 never stopped being fun. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care that it was literally most important moment in the NBA's history. A hundred to that's the was, most important thing they ever did. You know, beating, beating fucking like, uh, Yugoslavia, you know, a hundred to 20. Like it's, uh, how did they? How did they deal with that? Like, was there were there any? Because uh, I've never seen any type of um, <clears throat> um, documentary on the Dream Team or anything like that. Every story with Jordan on the Dream Team involves two points. None of it has to do with the first game versus Angola. Um, point one is the debate as to whether or not Jordan kept Isaiah Thomas off the team. That's Debate number one. Jordan hates Isaiah Thomas. Despises him. Because the Pistons were his great nemesis. And the thing you learn about Jordan in this documentary is, much like Matt Hankins, never lets a slight go. And it's so weird because I remember like he was offered like the to be the captain, but he like let Larry Bird and Magic Johnson be co-captains. Because he he would defer to them. Why? Because he beat them. Yeah. And he liked them. And they respected him. Like, they genuflected. Yeah. Like, they admitted, when he beat them, okay, you're the guy now. Well, when the Pistons are finally beaten by the Bulls, and the Pistons beat the shit out of Jordan. Like, yeah. physically. They just beat him up. Um, to the point where, after they lost the Eastern Conference Finals in 90, the Bulls didn't even take an offseason. They went straight to weight training. We got to get bigger. We got to get stronger. That's great. So, when the Bulls finally beat the Pistons, the Pistons leave the court without shaking hands early before the game's over. Starters get up and leave. Walk past the Bulls bench. Don't even look at them. Jordan never forgot it. Never forgot it. Chuck Daly is the coach of the Dream Team. That's Isaiah's <laughs> coach. So there is a great debate as to whether. It was Jordan who kept Isaiah off, or was it just the roster? But Jordan never let it go. So that's is, the first part they had. It is very interesting when you have – I mean, I don't know who you would if, – if you're just talking about positions, I don't know if – you know, would you put John Stockton – would you put Isaiah Thomas on there over John Stockton? Uh, Literally every stat. Literally everybody in the world. There's no better point guard in that era than Isaiah. A pure point guard. I mean, Purely because... Ever. Well, we talked about Magic, but Magic did a lot of different things. Um, um, I mean, Larry Bird only played two games. John Stockton only yeah. played two games. Uh, yes. You know, Larry Bird's back was decimated. Larry this, Bird had no business physically being on the team, but had earned the right to be this, on the team. This this was a this was an Olympic team that had Christian Leitner and fucking Chris uh, Mullen was on the first Chris Mullen team. was on there, yeah. Not Tim Hardaway. Chris Mullen. No, no. They picked the the M from Run TMC. <laughs> <laughs> who was who was C in TMC? I think I just mixed it. They picked the C. I'm thinking last names, but it was it was Tim, Mitch, and Chris. Oh, Mitch, Mitch, uh, fucking uh, Mitch, Redmond? Mitch Richmond, Richmond, Redmond. You know, that's it's, close enough. It's that the, the uh, other thing they cover when whenever Jordan comes up with the dream team, or there's the, there's a third thing. The other thing is the game versus Croatia, where him and Pippen decide, uh, uh-uh. uh, Jerry Krause, our GM's in love with this fucking Tony Kukoc. We are going to destroy him. We are going to decimate him and embarrass Jerry Krause. And they did. They destroyed Tony Kukoc. And they talked to Tony Kukoc. Old Tony Kukoc looks just like one of my uncles now, which is a shock to me. And Tony's like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. 
I don't know why they were mad at me, but I knew I was. I just thought I was having a bad game. Turns out I just had two of the greatest defensive players of the era <laughs> in my ass for forty eight minutes. Which no is, questions asked. Which is very interesting because <clears throat> there were eight total games uh, for uh, for the Dream Team. Um, Croatia they played them twice. Once during the you know regular uh, heat, I guess you can call it, and then uh, if you want to call things incorrectly and then in the uh, in the championship uh, both times they they played them was the smallest point differential of any win so USA beat <clears throat> Angola 116 to 48 68 point difference didn't know Angola was a country before that <laughs> thought it was a prison in New Orleans Louisiana I think it's actually just in the states game 2 103 to 70 Croatia Germany, 111 to 68. Brazil, 127 to 83. Spain, 122 to 81. Puerto Rico, 115 to 77. Puerto Rico is a territory. Interesting. Lithuania, Lithuania, uh, 127 to 76. And then Croatia. Lithuania had those cool Grateful Dead jerseys. Yeah. (laughs) And then. I think Bill Walton had given them. And then Croatia again, 117 to 85. So, um, yeah, just domination. Their, their smallest, uh, point differential margin of victory was 32 points. It's the most important business decision the NBA has ever made. Mm-hmm. There is no Yao Ming. There's oh, no Dirk Nowitzki. Allowing, no, none of that. allowing not, uh, non amateurs to play. Yes. There, there's none of that. Or getting the, uh, yeah, yeah. If if not for the dream team go because nope everybody knew they were going to destroy everybody but yeah. it was just it was the it, it it was the greatest advertisement it's the greatest collection of individual talent that's ever existed in it's sports. such it's such a it's such like an awesome like uh, it is the equivalent of like frat boys wearing the uh, <clears throat> uh, world war undefeated world wars. Like mm-hmm. World Wars mm-hmm. undefeated two and zero, uh, yeah. fucking tank top during a Fourth of July. It is the like epitome of just like American like uh, just insertion into fuck you. We're just gonna break the rules and do what the fuck we want, and then we're going to like stack the deck and like steamroll you, and then act like we we won on a on a level playing field. Yeah, we're gonna destroy it, you. Like, you had the audacity. Well, and to be fair. It's called like Manifest Destiny. Look it up. It's in the book that we wrote. The rest of the world were sending professional athletes to the games. And we had not. We had been sending amateur athletes. And for a while that worked. Well, then the rest of the world got pretty good. Yeah. And they said, no, okay. No more of this bullshit. No more. Here comes Michael Jordan, <laughs> Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird. Charles Barkley was the scoring Charles Barkley, leader. Charles Barkley, Claude Drexler, Scottie Pippen, Chris Mullin. Poor Patrick We're sending those Ewing. guys. <laughs> like, Scotty had no business on that team. If we're being fair. Like, everybody, Isaiah Thomas, at, at that time, Isaiah Thomas's, and I don't, I don't mean from a roster standpoint. Scotty fit the roster, and Scotty's great and all that shit. But, like, if we're just looking at resume... Scotty's resume was just what Jordan had done. Um, so, so this is what I don't understand, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but nineteen ninety two says the Wikipedia page for nineteen ninety two uh, USA men's basketball team uh, was the first Olympic team to feature active professional players from the NBA. Okay, active professional players. Mm-hmm. The nineteen eighty eight Seoul team. Head coach John Thompson. You tell me that these are not active players in 1988. Willie Anderson, Stacey Ogman, Bimbo Coles, Hershey Hawkins, Dan Marley, Danny Manning, J.R. Reed, Mitch Redmond, David Robinson. Oh, they're all college players. No, they're college players. Amateurs. Oh, shit. Yeah, we did. That was the first year. That was the big deal. That's why it was the dream team. It was the first year we sent NBA players. Wow. Kicked the shit out of the rest of the world. <laughs> I, 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 I'm struggling to remember when. What was the year when it was just sad? When we got a silver? Did it we, was, was it 2000? I don't remember the year 2000-ish. 2000-ish been, where the, 
the bloom had come off the rose and none of the big stars went and it was hard to, because the dream team had blown everything up. So that was 96. It wasn't 2000. So 96 is the dream or 90. That's right. 96 is the dream team, right? 92. 92. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Duh. 92 is the dream team. 96 is dream team two. 2000, I think was probably another one. So it might've been like, Oh, four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. What the fuck we, ever. We're going to we, win. We won the gold in, oh, four, in, in, in 2000 and 2000 was Jason Kidd, Antonio McDyess, roll tide. Uh, Gary Payton, Steve Smith, Tim Hardaway, Alan Houston, Go Vols, I guess. Uh, Kevin Garnett, Vince Carter, Vin Baker, Ray Allen, and uh, is Sharif Abdur Rahim? Was that John Starks? Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson. Why do I always fucking? You just think com- that? You're confusing light skinned people. You racist fuck. Oh shit! Two thousand. They do. They do look alike. <laughs> Two thousand four. We didn't make the final. Yes. We won the bronze final bronze. by eight points. Yeah. Yeah. We lost three games. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that was – after that, it was like, okay, we're back. We're back to business. But that's also the culmination of the Dream Team's impact. The rest of the world had caught up. Yeah. Argentina won the gold that year. Uh, we lost to Argentina. Sure. We lost to Argentina basketball. Two thousand and four. Yeah, two thousand and four. Gold medal, Argentina. Yeah, beat so, Italy. And 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 we're so stupid that like we were like, oh my god, those stupid Euros beat us from Argentina. <laughs> uh, I still think Senegal is a uh, African country for some reason. Oof! It's wait, breaking news. Where wait a minute, Senegal? not not Senegal. <laughs> what? Plus, I can tell you right now, you had me. You had me fooled, pal. I think some country that starts with an S is a is an African country, but it's a, actually South American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. country is. It might be the other way around. I may have thought Senegal was a South African country or a South American country. You know what? So last dance. It's the last dance. Last dance. Uh, How do they are? uh, How do they treat Rodman joining? Rodman is the glue that holds this whole documentary together. (laughs) So the first episode, the first two episodes are designed in a way that me and you would have we knew there was no new information. Yeah. It was the story of young Jordan coming in the league. It was the story of the shoes, or not even the shoes necessarily, just the story of sort of the the launching pad for Air Jordan. Um it's the story of North Carolina. It's all that. Old information. Stuff we already knew. And a lot of this stuff is retread stuff because we lived it. But they had to set the stage for the kids who didn't know it. Yeah, of course. And so that's what the first couple of episodes were. Then comes episode three, and that's all about the worm. That is straight up Rod Bod the whole time. And they do a great job of like highlighting the relationship that Phil Jackson had to build with Dennis Rodman yeah. to make it work. Such a and crazy so it, time. Yeah, it results in one of the best just overall stories of the whole documentary, which is middle of the season – Rodman's maybe maybe the second year they might have already won won a title but in the middle of one of these seasons and this also highlights the power of Michael Jordan Jordan is called into a meeting that Phil Jackson and Dennis Rodman are always already having Jordan is called in (laughs) Mike comes in says what's going on guys and Phil Jackson tells Mike Dennis needs a vacation And Mike says, what? It's the middle of the season. And Dennis says, I got to go to Vegas. I got to get out of here. I need 48. Need 48 hours. I got to go. So Mike says, Phil, you're the boss of this outfit. But I'm here to tell you, Dennis ain't coming back in no 48 hours. (laughs) He's not wrong. So Phil lets him go. Then we followed Rodman 
to Las Vegas. And he commences to give just a terrible toast and with his friends. They're drinking and having a good time. Carmen Electra shows up. Looks immaculate. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, ooh, sissy Carmen. I'm talking about that is just a woman who is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Shows up. She's talking about what's going on. 48 hours pass. Guess what? No Dennis. Dennis ain't back. So Dennis, Dennis is in I, a dumpster in Connecticut. Yeah, Jordan says, I told you, Phil, Dennis ain't coming. So Jordan goes to get Dennis. Oh, shit. Michael Jordan shows up at the hotel early in the morning. Bang, bang, bang. Somebody goes and checks, rallies back. Hey, Dennis, Mike's here. Fucking Rodman's like, uh-oh. Straightens his shit up. Gets his shit together. Carmen Electra's hiding naked behind a couch. Jordan comes on the door and says, yeah, he's laid up in the bed. I ain't going to tell you what was going on in the bed, but he's in the bed. I tell him, Dennis, it's time to go to practice. Dennis gets up, gets his shit. They go to practice that morning. And is there so, any way, you know, you, you've said multiple times that this is basically, you know, a <clears throat> a documentary very influenced by Jordan, um, if not, you know, ghost directed by him. Uh, or ghost edited, I guess. Uh, is there any way to for Jordan to influence that situation that makes? I mean, it's very clear that Dennis Rodman is like, oh, afraid of Jordan's authority, or respects oh, no. Jordan. Dennis authority. says it himself. Okay. Dennis says it himself. Oh shit, Mike's here. <laughs> no question. <laughs> Carmen Electra's terrified because Mike's here. And so they get back to practice. Now, this is this is sort of the dichotomy of Jordan, and this is where it's hard to pin him down because, on the one hand, a lot of the documentary is him being mean to teammates, especially teammates who are not anywhere near the star level. Scotty Burrell gets hell. He punched Steve Kerr in the face. Sure. Um, he gives Horace Grant the business constantly. Um, Was it about so, the goggles? <laughs> yeah, that's he calls him four Oscar. Jerry Krause, he's always giving shit to. Scotty, Why did he he's giving shit Steve to. Steve Kerr in the face. They were having just an intense practice, and too I woke. think uh, I, too woke, too woke. I think I think I think uh, Kerr gave him a hard screen, mm-hmm. and Jordan kind of gave him the business, and and he didn't back down. Yeah, and so well, I think he might have pushed Kirk Jordan, you, and so Jordan Jordan rocked him one, um, and then felt bad about it later. But at any rate. So they get to practice. And as soon as they walk in, and then I'm, I'm telling this as they're showing it. So I'm not saying that this is exactly how it happened. I'm telling you how it happened in the documentary. But the first sure. shot they show, Rodman comes into practice, and Phil is talking to the team. Rodman's showing up late, and, and Phil gets on him like, you got to work on your body every day, Dennis. What did you do today? And Mike kind of like steps in like, hey, hey, he's here, Phil. He's here. Let's just go. So Phil Jackson calls for them to do a drill that involves everyone in the team running laps around the gym. It's running laps. And the idea is the leader of the line sets the pace. And when Phil blows his whistle, whoever is at the back of the line, his job is now to get to the front of the line. That's that's his job. That's how Mm -hmm. the drill works. And you just got to keep doing that until everybody's had their turn. So Jordan knows what's up. He understands that Phil is going to be mad at Dennis because Dennis stayed longer. Phil stuck his neck out for Dennis, and Dennis fucked him. So Mike gets with the rest of him like, look, keep the pace slow because Dennis just got out of the bed. He's been on a bender for 48 hours. If you don't keep the pace slow, we're going to do this shit all day. So everybody's just kind of jogga, 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 jogga. Blows the whistle. It's Dennis's time to get in the lead. So everybody like, Goes down even uh, another half step. Mm-hmm. Rodman fucking shoots past everybody. Takes him four laps to catch the motherfucker. That's the kind of shape he was in. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's still on a lot of cocaine. Yeah, still has a fucking giraffe's ass. And um, and probably God knows what Carmen Electra put inside him. Him. Yes, yes. And so the other Rodman story that is great, and even I didn't didn't join the timelines. The Bulls are in the finals. Last finals of their run against the Jazz. And they beat the shit out of the Jazz. Hell yeah, they did. 
and it's time for practice the next day. Well, Rodman ain't there. Where's Dennis Rodman? WCW Nitro in NWA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Poor Jazz. So everybody's asking, where's Dennis? Where's Dennis? Where's Dennis? We don't know where Dennis is. Dennis on TV that night. <laughs> He's Rodzilla with the NWO. God. Comes back the next day, Jordan's on his ass, keeps calling him Rodzilla, and then they go and eventually win another title. So the Rodman thing was done It was done very – they didn't necessarily break a lot of new ground on him. We all know he came from – very similar to Pippen. Like he was poverty, 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 gets into college, gets some nutrition, gets some boundaries, has a giant growth spurt, gets to the league. Space Jam? Anything about Space Jam? So Space Jam, this was new information for me. So Jordan's got to go film Space Jam. Woe is him. Well, this would have been, this would have been the season after they lost. It was so it's in between the the championship runs. After the after he comes back, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, they lose. They lose to Orlando, I believe it was. So Jordan is super serious about getting into shape, but he's already signed up to do this movie. So they're like, how do I handle this? They build him a massive practice complex on the Space Jam studio. And then they fill it with the best NBA players in the league. They are, he sends out invites. Reggie Miller, Patrick Ewan, all you guys, come on down and just work out with me. Come on, all you Bulls. So the Bulls just spend the season, or the, the offseason, at the Space Jam studio lot, running scrimmages against the best players in the league, <laughs> and then go beat the shit out of them the next year. Oh, my God. And this is, of course, after he uh, went down to Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, had a terrible fucking showing in uh, well, AA baseball. Sean, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I remembered it as being terrible, too. That yeah. was the story that came out, but as it's told in the documentary, you know, he, he has a 13-game hitting streak, his first 13 games. Yeah, to start off. Can't yeah. hit a breaking ball. Can't hit a breaking ball. No. And then starts or to turn around, ball. has like, cannot hit a speedball, has 50, 60 RBIs that year, and Terry Francona, World Series manager, says, if Jordan had stuck with this, he would have made the major leagues. <laughs> uh, I think he did fine. Also got a brother named Larry Jordan, who I desperately want to meet. Shit, he was a he was a great running back for uh, Penn State. That's Larry Johnson. Ah, oh, shit. Um, <clears throat> uh, Wizards. Any any crazy shit about the Wizards? No, no. This was this this, this all stopped at the oh, it the end there. of the title. Run. See, yeah. see, that's the thing. It's like I remember, you know, maybe ninety two, ninety three. Falling in love with with professional basketball and just wanting to learn everything I, I I could about it. And you hear about you know the Celtics winning eleven championships, uh, appearing in twelve over a thirteen year span. That shit is yep. fucking unheard of. This is the closest that we had. I mean six six championships in in eight years. I don't think there's a doubt that they would have won eight of eight if they if he had stayed. Yeah. Like I love those Rockets teams. Olajuwon was great. Olajuwon is so great. Hakeem Olajuwon is so fucking great that no one questions the Rockets for drafting him ahead of Jordan. Yeah. That never comes up. Sam Bowie, um, who drafted Bowie? The Nets, maybe? The Sixers? The I Nets, think it was some the blue Nets, team. yeah. I think it was the Nets. The Nets get shit all the time because they pick Sam Bowie ahead of Michael Jordan. But nobody gets on the Rockets for picking Olajuwon first. Yeah. So Olajuwon would have presented a problem. But the end of the day, who's going to guard Jordan? Who's going to stop him? Robert Ory. Big game Bob. Big shot Bob. Fuck, man. Um, yeah, it, uh, you're not wrong. I uh, Also, shout out to Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, one of the few uh, individuals when I was a kid who uh, – uh, returned a signed uh, fucking um, basketball card. Shout out. Shout out, Akeem Olajuwon. I, Not Ronnie I, Smith. 
<laughs> you know all my stories. Um, <laughs> I would I would always buy uh, issues of Tough Stuff, which was the second baseball or sport card uh, pricing magazine to not Beckett. Beckett. Not Beckett. <laughs> um, and it had addresses for every professional sports teams. And I would just mail a card and be like, hey, big fan, will you sign this? Phil Jackson also fucking returned to... I gotta find these fucking autographs. I gotta... This might Absolutely. be... This might be big money here. You gotta start writing these down. God damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I think we should end it there. Uh, do we want to do stat or chat? Yeah, give it to me. It's, it's, it's the sweep in the nation. Okay. So, <clears throat> Statterchat, to end the episode. Uh, I'm going to give you your choice, okay? Because I do have five uh, that cover four sports. I have two football, one baseball, one hockey, and one swimming. Oof. More Olympic. I mean, I it's, like... it's Olympic swimming. So. Yeah, give me the Olympic swimming. Shout out Gene Genie. If Michael if Michael Phelps were a country, he'd rank 40th in all-time goals ahead of 107 nations. 40th? Chat. <laughs> He's one man. 40th. Come on, dude. I couldn't name 40 countries. Yeah, you could. Unless uh, I was listening to an Animaniac song. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's even with learning that one of them is Angola. uh two football one hockey one uh baseball well i mean you know what they call me shawnee they call you You little hockey this one is hockey this one's nuts wayne gretzky is so far ahead of everyone else in career points with 2857 that if you subtracted all of his 894 career goals he would it's still be the all-time points. points leader with 1,963. Stat. Big stats. Fucking the original GOAT, right? I'm kind of thinking he's the great one. <laughs> he's the I'm greatest. thinking he's like, that Jordan might be the Gretzky of basketball. <laughs> what a fucking cartoon that was. Gretzky, Jordan, Bo Jackson. <laughs> Might have had Just one of the... crimes. Through sports feats. <laughs> it was a good one. That is, that is fucking crazy. If you That's take crazy. away... I mean, maybe... Take like, away all his goals. His actual take goals. All the goals. The things the that po- score points in hockey. Well, both, they both count the same toward points. Well, not points, but, you know, on the yeah, scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for, yeah, for your yeah. team. The thing you're going to be remembered most by. Take all those away. God. And he still has he still has more assist than anyone else has assist and goals. He almost ha- he almost has two and a half times more assist than you. That's that's fucking crazy. <laughs> fucking nuts. five straight titles for them, I think. That's why what with with the Oilers. Yeah. Wow. God, that must have been really fucking bittersweet to end your fucking career with the Kings. And and to have a whole country be that who they remember you as. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Well, you know, that's what they say about this 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 podcast, Hankins. You're the great one, I'm Marty McSorley. <laughs> um <She's> back, baby. <laughs> yes, she is. Kathleen Edwards, check her out. Uh baseball to football. Give me a baseball. Let's okay. spread it around. Uh, We've got no football here, so let's keep it minimal. Barry Bonds has more intentional walks in his Major League Baseball career, 668, than the next two players on the all-time list, Albert Pujols, 311, and Hank Aaron, 293. I was about to say shat until you told me that the next two guys are Pujols and Aaron. That's a stat. (laughs) Isn't that nuts? 668, more than double than Pujols, Pujols, and, uh, of course, uh, more than double than Hank Aaron, who, like... Yeah. That means no one's come close in fucking forever. Who most people still recognize as the home run king. God, that's nuts. And I mean, he had the last season, they never pitched to him and he still hit 73. (laughs) Asterisk. Asterisk. Um, I'm going to give you one football Mm -hmm. and then the other. Uh, Julius Peppers retired with the same amount of career six picks. 
as Champ Bailey. I'm gonna, I'm Def- gonna begrudgingly say that's a stat. Defensive end Julius Peppers retired with the same with the same amount of career six picks four as one of the greatest safeties of all time, Champ Bailey. <laughs> That's a stat. Champ that Bailey, stat. who just played center fucking field on a lot of fucking quarterbacks. Champ Bailey is one of like you one of the greatest to ever play the position in college and pro. Mm-hmm. Renowned, destroy, just a great football player and dreamboat. Fucking oh yeah, yeah, dreamboat. Champ Bailey, always uh, hair, always great outfit on point. Does not age. Kudos to you, Champ Bailey. Great I'm get- name. Yo, champion, yeah, for sure. Julius Pep, also Julius Pepper is also a great name. Um, I'm guessing Julius Does Peppers look like a bat, though. <laughs> I'm guessing Julius Peppers had uh, a lot of those Marcel Darius type pick sixes. Oh, absolutely, tip ball. Yeah, run six yards. Absolutely, Champ had yeah. to put forth a lot more effort into his pick sixes, yeah. but still, a st- I'm going to give it a stat. All right, and uh, finally to end episode 164 of Throw the Flag, uh, the Jets have never beat the Eagles. That's a, that's a fucking star. <laughs> Two teams that have been around forever. <laughs> the Started J- in the 30s by Ludlow Ray. And a f- <laughs> the Jets are 0-10 against the Eagles. <laughs> you know what? I'm ready to declare double stat on that. Because they've only played 10 times in their history? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, AFC, NFC, sure. But like... What? But I mean, the schedule rotates. Yeah, yeah, and they've never oh. won. All right. You just pulled up a slate of stats, except for that bullshit Michael Phelps thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take four this out of five. A lot of pot. Well, he's got he's got mental illness problems. I got mentone illness problems. <sighs> Me too. We didn't get to get, get, get to go to mentone this year. <sighs> Hurts. It does. I don't know when we're going to be able to. I've got this YouTube playlist that we were all going (laughs) to fucking have a couple buzz balls and fucking laugh at. (laughs) We were going to watch tennis bloopers that were just going to make us really horned up. Guys, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, I just want you to know. Tennis is a lot hornier than you. (laughs) You got so mad when I turned it off. Why would you? We're all enjoying ourselves getting super horny for tennis. <laughs> and here you go. Oh, here's a little dicky. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Little dicky's great. Um, I did think of you the other day because I uh, read some, uh, or I, I, I either saw some tweets or something like that. People that I, that I really enjoy following on Twitter, and they said, oh, I really love uh, Dave, Little Dicky's show on, on FX. I think it's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen, first of all. It's fine. It's not the funniest thing ever. Um, but, like, his music? I don't get it. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm like, it's the same fucking comedy. Of, yeah, same thing. It's the I same have turned fun. off of so many shows and podcasts that I've tried to listen to during this thing. They start talking about how great Dave is. I'm like, okay, I guess we just have a divide here. We cannot. It's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm not saying it's bad or dumb. Yeah. I'm just saying, at best, it's fine. I think the guy's funny when he when he peddles his shtick as like a you know a, a non-assuming Jew who fucking has fucking tight fucking flows. But it's really not written well, and it's definitely it just fucking regurgitates. I would rather watch uh, uh, Indebted starring Adam Pally. Shout out, friend of the fucking pod. <laughs> friend of the pod, baby. And uh, friend Drescher and uh, Stephen Weber. Fucking watch Indebted. Listen to Cold Dog Soup, by the way. We're still going over there. Try and keep us rolling. Shit, man. Shout out to our patrons. You'd like to support us in more per- per- in a more personal way. In a more personal way. Did I just turn into an Alabama state representative? You sure did. You sure did. What's the name of some of the other patrons we got? <laughs> Parchinal. Darren Kennett. <laughs> Gavin Deachinch. Bradley Cash. Peggy Majors. <laughs> it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Pigs. Oh, man. I'm you, I've done this podcast standing up, and I feel great. Oh, yeah. I need to stand up more. I feel like I'm going to do that next time. 
There's always a next time. Goodbye, everybody. Well, it was just a boy Away from home And you were singing the song You'll never walk alone